And he was casting out a demon, and it was mute. So it was when the demon had gone out that the mute spoke, and the multitudes marveled. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Today we are given to see the many ways that the devil afflicts, sickens, and even tries to kill us. And we also see how Christ comforts, heals, and raises from the dead on account of our baptism. Now, you would be mistaken if you would think that these descriptions and depictions in the gospel are metaphorical spiritual ideas, far from daily reality. Instead, you are to understand it this way. God's Word gives you to see with eyes of faith what is really real. Jesus isn't talking about some kind of artificial reality, some spiritual reality, the kinds that we create to insulate ourselves from all the uncomfortable truths. Today, Jesus reveals to you the power and influence of the devil and his demons, clearly and directly. This is necessary because, as you probably believe, we Christians are both saints and sinners at the same time. This is important to remember that we are saints by virtue of our baptism as we are clothed in Christ and made heirs of God's kingdom, but at the same time we are sinners because of our old Adam, our sinful nature, which clings to us and wages war against that new self of Christ, that is in Christ. The reason why we need to remember that, and you probably believe that you are a sinner, that much you have no problem with, is because one of the most potent weapons that the old Adam uses against our baptism, our new man, is actually the devil. So we must actually know who the devil is. Of course, he's the ultimate chaos maker who defies God's rule and seeks to destroy Christ's kingdom and his creation. He is the father of lies, Jesus says, who seduces us into sin and leads us down the path of destruction. Jesus also calls him the prince of the power of this world or of the air, who wields power over this age's kingdoms and seeks to keep us captive through fear, doubt, and despair. Jesus refers to the devil as quite real, not some myth or legend or just caricature or creation to explain the evil that we experience within and without us, around us. He is a real spiritual force that afflicts us. Artists through the millennia have tried to convey the ugly truth of this foe, even with notorious bulletin covers. He is a furious enemy who will not stop attacking us until he has either led us into despair or torn us away from Christ's word. That's his goal. And he uses many tactics to try to bring about these evil ends. So Jesus not only speaks of the devil, as he does in today's gospel, but speaks quite plainly to reveal to us the devil's strategies. For example, we learn today that the devil can afflict us with physical illness. You also know this from the book of Job. Today, Jesus healing a man who was mute, whose body was afflicted because of that demon possession. 
Of course, the devil does this because he himself is a virus, a debilitating illness or disease, infecting us with his lies and his temptations, his doubts, his fear, and his despair. The devil's goal then with this sickness is to weaken our faith, our hope, and our love in Christ. He wants us to, to make us sick in body and in soul. But not just in body. The devil can also afflict us with all manner of emotional and psychological disorders too. As Jesus warns that the unclean spirit can return to a person and make his condition far worse than before. The devil is a psychiatrist, a terrifying therapist. He messes with our minds, our emotions, and our relationships. He tempts us to doubt ourselves, to hate ourselves, and to fear others. He would have us anxious and depressed and suicidal. And the devil can afflict us with spiritual doubts and temptations too, most surely. As Jesus rebukes the crowd for seeking signs and wonders instead of repenting and believing the gospel. So also then the devil is the ultimate skeptic, a perennial critic. He's questioning our faith, our hope, and our love. He tempts us to despair of God's goodness, to despair of God's mercy, and to reject God's truth. He would have us be proud, self-righteous, and ungrateful. So you see how our sinful flesh has a terrible ally in the devil. And the devil is not, again, some kind of metaphorical, spiritual idea to explain the evil of this world, but really real, a real enemy. And what can we do in the face of such afflictions? Because they seem to come daily, fast and furious. How can we resist the devil and his schemes? It seems we keep falling for them and stumbling day after day. The good that we would do, we don't do, and the things that we keep doing, we know we ought not. Well, the answer, of course, is simple, but yet profound. We cling to Christ and his promises, especially to the promises he makes to us in our baptism. As Luther wrote in the small catechism, baptism works forgiveness of sins, delivers from death and the devil, and gives eternal salvation to all who believe this, as the words and promises of God declare. In other words, baptism isn't just a mere symbol or ritual, a spiritual metaphorical washing, but it is a powerful sacrament that connects us to Christ and his saving work. It is the clothing of soldiers of the cross the battle armor and mail of the victorious Christ for you. Thus, through baptism, we are united with Christ in his death and resurrection, as Paul says in Romans 6. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too may walk in newness of life. Thus, in Holy baptism, we die. We die to sin and are raised, raised to new life in Christ. This is all real. It happens. We receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and that Spirit strengthens us and guides us in our daily struggle against the devil and his minions. 
And again, as Luther wrote in the large catechism, baptism signifies that the old person in us, along with all sins and evil lusts, should be drowned through daily repentance and put to death. And on the other hand, that a new person should daily come forth and rise up to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. Every day. That is, in other words, baptism isn't just a one-time event, some sign or wonder that was performed upon us when we were young, but instead a daily, lifelong process of dying to sin and rising to new life in Christ, all through repentance, faith, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Baptism is as real a gift for you as the devil is a real foe against you. So what can we do in the face of the devil's afflictions? How can we resist the devil and his schemes? If the devil afflicts you in any way, if you're sick in body, mind, or soul, tempted to doubt or despair, remember your baptism. Speak the name of Jesus out loud, because his name is the only name by which every knee in heaven and on earth and under the earth must kneel. And that even includes the devil. Make the sign of his holy cross, remembering that Christ crucified marks you as his own. Seek the counsel and care of God's holy word in holy conversation with pastor or a brother or sister. Pray the Lord of heavenly hosts to send the promise of your baptism, that is, his holy angel, to defend and to protect you. And remember that you have been clothed with Christ and you are a child of God now and forever. Remember that you are forgiven, healed, and raised from the dead by the power of Christ's death and resurrection. And remember that you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you to comfort, guide, and strengthen you in your daily struggle against the devil and his minions. You are not alone to face this foe. It is Christ who is in you who fights against him. Because in baptism, you are given a new identity, a new purpose, and a new destiny. You are no longer slaves to your sin, to death of the devil, but are heirs of God's kingdom. You, collectively, as the body of Christ, are the house swept and put in order, but not left empty, instead filled with saints, saints on a mission to proclaim this good news gospel of freedom in Christ, forgiveness of sins. Thus, when the devil comes with his temptations, interfering with your life, accusing you of sin and unbelief, you can tell him, I am baptized, and in that baptism I have been forgiven, justified, and sanctified. Your accusations have no power over me, because I belong to Christ, and he is your Lord. We cling to Christ and his promises, especially the promise of our baptism, as we face any affliction in this life. So we can resist the devil and his schemes by putting on the full armor of God the armor of our baptism. As Paul said, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Take up the shield of faith which, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, and the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with prayer and supplication. And again, don't forget that you don't face the devil alone. Of course, you have Christ with you, but you also have your brothers and sisters in Christ. God has not only 
And God has not given us not only his word and his spirit, but also his holy Christian church, through which he gives you forgiveness of sins, the sacraments, but also the mutual consolation and support of fellow believers. In other words, we need the church as a community of believers to help us in our struggle against the powers and principalities in the heavenly places, the spiritual forces of darkness and evil, the devil and his underlings. Our fellow brothers and sisters encourage us in the faith and remind us of our baptism when, when we forget. We need the church because we can't survive the devil's attacks on our own. Like a lost sheep, we're easy pickings for the wolf. We need the church to remind us of our baptism and then to proclaim the gospel to us, to administer Christ's sacraments for forgiveness, and then to bear witness to Christ both here and in the world. In other words, as baptized Christians, we are free from the power of sin, death, and the devil, called then into service of our neighbor in love, supporting and encouraging one another in the same Christian faith. Encouraging, strengthening, protecting one another. And with all of these gifts then, my friends, we don't need to be afraid of the devil and his minions. We don't have to try to sideline Jesus' teachings as something we can't possibly understand. But instead, we can respond to it in faith, faith in Christ and his promises, especially the promises of our baptism, putting on the whole armor of God again and supporting and encouraging one another in the faith as we suffer together the afflictions of this life. And we can look forward to the day when Christ will come again to raise us from the dead and to heal us from our afflictions, all of them, establishing a kingdom of justice, peace, hope, and love. And Christ will come again, not to judge or condemn us, but the devil, and to comfort, heal, and raise us from the dead on account of our baptism. Christ will come again to renew the heavens and the earth, to wipe away every tear from our eyes, and to make all things new because we believe in the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. You are a baptized child of God that's really real, and that means then too nothing, even the devil, can separate you from your Jesus. Thanks be to Jesus in his holy name. Amen. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.